You can't throw a monkey wrench in Nitrate City without hitting a mob boss. The following Patreon members made today's podcast possible, and thus should be considered made men. <laughs> I know a little something about being a made man. Timu Halasharju David Bellinger Nate T Adam Bueller Matt Hill Case David Fergman Duck Moo Marius Salisbury and Thranduil Alright, we're going to casually walk out down the street and go to a late night diner. You find an automat. There we go. Oh, automats. We'll come up with a cute name for it later. Monster mat. The monster mat. Oh, the monster mat. (laughs) Indeed. The monster mat is going to go beyond the corner of Blair Drive and Boris Street. All right. So not a terribly far walk for you to get to. All right. At the monster mat, get a drink, get a sandwich and immediately take out the writing I got from the doctor and compare it to the note that says we're going to take the town back from you, Pete. It doesn't look at all similar. Shucks. Thought we could go to bed early tonight, guys. (laughs) Doesn't match any of the handwriting we've got. So you have the flyer. Is there any other handwritten items that you have? I probably would have taken a sample of one of the older pages of Drax books, both official and under the table. And that, I think, is it. Take back the town from your kind and take back the fright, Mm -hmm. which you said was most likely in Drax handwriting. Right. It's certainly not in Dr. Blaze's handwriting. So, Joe, why don't you give me, I think this might be a drama role to investigate further on, on if you have anything that matches. All right. Again, you're just looking to simply compare a couple of things. I'm going to make it a two difficulty because you don't have a ton of sample handwriting here. Okay. I got a plus two. That is combined with your rating and drama. Yeah, my drama is only a one, so. And so you rolled a plus one? No, the fate died said plus two, so that would be a three. You succeed. And as you're looking through it, you know, the handwriting doesn't match the threat. It doesn't match the note that's at the bottom. You're starting to go through the numbers from the books. You're kind of losing hope because you only have one number on there, you know, the six Mm -hmm. in the date. But as you're going through the pages that you tore from the book, you find handwriting that matches. It looks like maybe before he became a man of the flame... Dr. Blaze may have worked as an accountant for Drac. Hmm. What you humming about, Joe? Bump says as he's leaning back, downing the rest of his milkshake. The good doctor was telling the truth. He was paying money to Montenegro. Eh? But he did it when he was working for Drac. You mean the good doctor was, what, a bartender? Hmm. Here, take a look. Some of these sixes match up with the 6 p.m. for tomorrow's rally. Six, six, six. Yeah, yeah, Those are. that's actually a spitting image. It's not concrete. No, it ain't. But like I said, it's a lot of weird stuff to happen in 48 hours. I mean, he did know that thing about Montenegro. I mean, I didn't know Montenegro was a uh, made man. I thought he was a, uh, like I said, a, ne- a necromancer. Yeah, he was 
casting some sort of uh, juju every which way at us at uh, last time we met. Okay. Uh, see, that that would have been good to know after or even before the fight because... Uh, <laughs> okay, here's the thing. When I drag a mortal into the Shadow Realm, it, it usually, you know, tears them apart, dissects them. It's a very bloody and disgusting thing. That's why I don't really do it often. But if I drag someone who is a... Uh, One of us. Exactly. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of blood and guts and stuff, but, I mean, he got spat out. His parts are somewhere scattered, and if he was a made man like you, I mean, what would happen if someone cut off your head and left it into a ditch? Would you still be alive, or would you be dead? It'd be a big weight off my shoulders. <laughs> Very funny. And none of you laugh. Joe is still, like, just trying to get that tight five figured out. Yeah, we just stare at Joe before Bump coughs into his hand. <clears throat> so, yeah, I just that that's something to add to this. I, I mean... Yeah, somebody could put me back together. Exactly. So if Montenegro was a made person, he might not be exactly uh, gone, so to speak. That's not good news. That's terrible news because he knows it was us. That would be, that would be really, that would be really bad. Not as bad as that rump roast, though. That was, whew, that was dry as can be. I am, I am suffering there, Joe. I am suffering. <laughs> they don't know how to cook, I swear. Everything is burnt meat to them. Let's hope that if Montenegro is out there and has a score to settle, maybe he'll try to burn down the waning gibbous. Wouldn't that be a uh, weight off our shoulders? <laughs> okay, you know what? I, I, I play the music. I don't make the jokes. <laughs> All right. So we got a couple of moves here. Fortunately, none of them get us any closer to figuring out exactly. <sighs> we could go to the waning gibbous. Oh, that's just, uh, that's an awful idea. Yeah, it seems like the last thing that anybody would do. I mean, we could also just wait it out and then head off towards this uh, gathering tomorrow. That's something that's going down. Um, I got, I got, I got one more option. Um, I mean, I can probably track down the guys that burnt down the bar, or tried to anyway. You, you think you could sniff out that where they went? Oh yeah, they were, they were pretty distinctive. I mean, that probably should have been something we were doing earlier. So, yeah, let's let's uh, pay our bill. Uh, thank you, Joe. I appreciate the milkshake. Mm. And uh, let's uh, head back to the bar. Yeah. It's good that we drummed up a little bit more info, though. Don't want to go running into any sort of problem. Agreed. Last time we did that was an orphanage. Well, kids always complicate things, as I always say. So, uh, thanks again for the milkshake and pie. And Bump immediately opens up uh, one of those glass plates, takes out a slice of pie, puts it in a napkin, and he's walking out. Awesome. I love it. Yep. I 100% believe that when you open up some of the cabinets for the Ottoman, that it's just a sequence of flailing tentacles that is just one something creature putting everything together. You know, that's really funny because I pictured that it looked like a giant, like, mechanical squid on top of this monster mat. Ah, I love it. But it is actually, that's like, it's covering and stuff. It's actually just a monster squid that lives on top of this thing. It wants you to think it's a robot, but is in fact some eldritch horror. It came from the bottom of the sea, dot, 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 and then went to culinary school for two years and is just paying off its student loans. And gonna pay our bill 
and walk out. Okay, so back in front of the reel-to-reel bar. Mickey, tell me what it looks like when you are going to try to catch the scent again. Yeah, Mickey goes, all right, I just uh, just need a moment to... And he kind of like limbers up, you know, stretches a little. All right. All right, think. Think on happy thoughts. Think on happy thoughts. And he starts like, again, you hear that growl building in his chest as he... Uh, Sure, I'll spend the fate point now just to find them. I'll just stay shifted <laughs> as needed. But uh, I will spend one fate point and I will use my rage stunt and basically wolf out so I can like you know sniff at the air and try and track them that way. All right. And of course, you also have your stunt to overcome obstacles with horror while tracking in wolf form. Also true. Yep. So you're going to be rolling at a plus six Mm -hmm. as you are trying to hunt down these motorcycles. That's a very high place to start. (laughs) This is apparently what I'm built for. However, this is also going to be a difficult roll because it's been a while. You know, this is not a fresh scent. And in a city like you're you're in the city. You know, last time that you were really doing this, you were out in the desert. There weren't a ton of competing smells. Here in the city, motorcycles are a dime a dozen. Right. So this is going to be a, you need to overcome a four. All right. Minus two. So I'm rolling in a six. So I just exactly hit that four. Mm-hmm. But I also have that aspect with a couple of free invokes. You do indeed. The, uh, I know you're sent now. Mm-hmm. So by tagging that, I'd be two over. I'd be at six. Would that give me any extra benefit? Nope. That's just two. So it's a success. You have to be three or more for success with style. So if you want to tag it twice. Oh, yeah. If I can tag it twice and I've got both free tags, might as well tag it twice and get this done right. Yep, so you are going to get the success with style. Sweet. So you get the scent real clearly, Mickey. And since you succeeded with style, you could either just take off like a shot. You don't care about your friends following you. Or you could in some way communicate to them that you've got it. You're trying to wait for them because they're not going to be able to move as fast as you. I maybe bump can actually because he can travel through the shadows, but Joe is a large lumbering person. He's going to make it real obvious he's got something and he'll look back a couple times to sort of like nudge with his head like can't actually say the word follow right now, but and then he's going to take off. So he'll hold it off for just a moment. But then, yeah, instincts, instincts strong right now. Oh, I think he got something. You gonna catch up with him in your Shadowland, or gonna come with me? I don't think he's moving at too much of a pace. Just keep up. From two miles away. Bump is making sure that Mickey is within view, but he's staying back with Joe Lester and is walking with the man smoking a cigarette. Endurance training. Yeah, and we go. Hey, um, I hope uh, you don't mind that this is your uh, first lesson in tailing somebody. That wasn't another joke, was it? Because I'm going to be honest with you, man. You just don't got no showmanship. Have you thought about getting a ventriloquist dummy? I really think it could really work. And the people be asking, which one's the dummy? See, right there. Boom. Nailed it. That's how you tell a joke, Joe. And he slaps him on the shoulder and then picks up his pace. Now, Mickey, who has taken off, you are running through the streets of Nitrate City. And you know, you really don't get much more than a quick, like, double take from people because it's not their first time seeing a werewolf running through the streets of Nitrate City. Exactly. So you run through the neighborhood following the main streets. Like, these people, they weren't switching back, they weren't taking back alleys. 
whoever this was, and you think there is three, maybe four people who were on the motorcycles, they didn't care about stealth as they were leaving. So it's just down through the main thoroughfares, take a couple of turns. You're outside of your immediate neighborhood, so you've run maybe two or three miles before the scent comes to a stop. And you are are sniffing around and you're still in there. You're not a brainless wolf. So as you're sniffing around, you realize that you have come to stop once again in front of a bar. People in Nitrate City have a drinking problem, apparently. You also notice immediately that you're in front of a bar, you're smelling people, you're smelling alcohol, and it takes you a moment to realize you're only smelling the scents of humans. Nobody within this establishment has been touched by the flicker effect. Yeah, as soon as I realize that, I'm gonna dart into the nearest dark alley. (laughs) And there is a dark alley, which also happens to be where they park their motorcycles. Lovely. Again, you succeeded with style here, so you find those motorcycles directly. Yeah, I'm gonna slink in, you know, as much stealth as a uh, ginormous friggin' wolf man can have. But yeah, he's kind of like trying to keep a low profile, but still wolfed out. Just like, oh, so there's like a steady, a steady but low growl. And he's going to try and wait for Bump and Joe. Andrew, are we getting close to Normaltown? No, you are still firmly within Old Hollywood. So Nitrate City expands. It's the size of Los Angeles entirely. So it's the greater Los Angeles area is now Nitrate City. Okay. So Old Hollywood is just one neighborhood in here. It is the neighborhood that's very central. So this is a place where both creatures touched by the flicker effect as well as just plain ordinary humans All of you live side by side. You would have to go far, far away from your neighborhood, crossing the red road, which is dangerous and scary and nobody actually wants to do it. Some say you can't actually do it in order to get to a place that is completely untouched by the flicker effect. Got it. So the presence of an entirely human bar is not in itself noteworthy. Uh, Where'd you go, boy? Bump says after about five minutes when he finally catches up to where he thinks he last saw the wolf and he spins around, frowns and says, come on. Yeah, boy. I'm assuming Mickey spots him. He's been keeping an eye out. So as soon as he sees them, Mm -hmm. he like sticks his snout out into the street and gives a little. uh, Oh, there you are. Over here, Joe, it's Booze Hound. Uh, He points towards Mickey and heads off towards the alleyway. What'd you find? So, Joe and Bump, you are approaching from across the street, and Joe especially, you would recognize this block immediately, because you are approaching a cop bar. A bar that was frequented by the Night Squad. Now, the Night Squad, for anybody that has forgotten, is the section of the police force that is dedicated to dealing with any issues that arise within the Flickr effect community. They have a somewhat contentious relationship with honestly both sides of the city. They're really caught between a rock and a hard place because a lot of the human people see them as people who are kind of touched by the darkness, defiled by it. Whereas of course, anybody who is a creature of the Flickr effect views them with great skepticism, and because they are primarily humans, there are some some flicker creatures amongst them, but because they're primarily humans, there is a level of skepticism of do they actually have your best interests at heart. 
Uh, what's the name of the place? Yes, if someone would like to give me a name, I'll take it. I would say Blue Line. The Blue Line? I would say it's the Blue Line because it's also built in an old subway tunnel. So it's the Blue Line. I like that. Yeah, yeah the subway was never finished. They gave up on working on it, so they built a bar inside of it. All right. So, yes, Joe, you recognize it immediately. The Blue Line. Great. What, you heard of it? No, I've been there. Oh. It's a cop bar for the night squad. Oh, that explains why I've never been there. Ugh. So, wait, whoa, whoa. So, if these are the bikes and they're parked up, are you saying that uh, the cops were the ones uh, causing trouble? Aren't they always? <laughs> you don't have to say it to me. Hmm. That complicates things, Bumpo. How so? If the cops are attacking Drac's bar, that either means that they got beef with Drac or... They're in the pocket of somebody. Now, depending on who you talk to, the night squad basically shifts around from pocket to pocket like a $2 bill. Or there's politics involved, and that's why they're doing it. Maybe it's a couple bad apples that, uh, uh, you know, are taking money on the side to do a job. I mean, we can wait for the see who uh, drops into this alleyway to grab their bikes and then jump them. Or at least find out where they go. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good idea. Hey, Mickey. Oh. You okay with waiting around for a little while? Mickey, when you turn to, to ask him the question, is in the middle of uh, taking a piss on one of the bikes. Uh, and he lowers his leg, kind of gives a little wolfy shrug, and sits down, trying real hard to resist the urge to start panting. Are you going in there, Joe? Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I am. Oh, boy. All right, fellas. I'll be back out in a minute. Hey, uh... How about I uh, watch it back? And with that, Angela, I'm going to use horror to try to make it look like Joe's wearing a dark trench coat. Okay. So I feel like you are essentially trying to create an advantage. Yes. All right. All right. So I am taking a roll and I got a plus two. I got a seven. Suddenly, Joe, you are now wearing a pitch black leather jacket now. What do you want to call this advantage that you are definitely going to have free invokes on? Coat of arms. And you hear a mumbling from your collar. All right. This is a little weird. I didn't think ahead. Okay, <laughs> it's cool. It's fine. It's fine. Just uh, just don't, don't, don't do any of that joke stuff. No, I don't want him to be my best friends. Mickey, stick to the shadows. See if we can't get these birds a flying. And I'm going to walk in. Okay. You walk in, and it is like an old western. The tall, dark stranger walks into the bar, and it's almost like a record scratch on the record player, as this fairly well-populated, boisterous bar, everything stops to look at you when you walk in. Behind the bar, the bartender, who you recognize, human man, obviously, everyone here is depressingly normal and human, he looks at you and just says, we're closed. Looks like you got a, a lot of loiterers here, Cal. And I fee-fi-fo-fum my way all the way to the bar. All of those cops are absolutely watching you do it. You know, it's a, a lot of just beat cops, you know, people that you wouldn't have, have known very well. But you do recognize the Night Squad's lieutenant, Reagan Doyle is amongst the merrymakers there tonight. <sighs> I'm just here for a drink, Cal. 
Nothing to worry about. Don't worry. I won't tell anybody about uh, you having an after-hours party. (laughs) Lieutenant? I said we're closed, bud. Sure. And ain't nobody here interested in talking to you. Well, and Joe puts his hand on the bar, and he just stares at the bartender, and there is a groaning sound as Joe has subtly started leaning on the bar, and the wood is starting to give a little. Who said I was here to talk, Cal? I feel like you're trying to intimidate him. Mm-hmm. So why don't you give me a roll? And this is going to be opposed. We're going to see what he rolls. He's opposing with action. That's a two. I would like to also use action, as I am definitely not leaning on words. And I will roll. And then if I have something, I tag it afterwards if it helps, correct? Yep, you get to try just rolling the dice first, see if that gets you above two. And after that is when you can start spending the fate points. Okay, so I got four. Okay, so you succeed. Cal's not going to spend his fate points to try to, to overcome that. He plays it cool. He's seen a lot of people trying to mess with his bar. So it's just a, a small flinch as the nice mahogany of the bar starts to crack. Hey, now. No one needs to start trouble here. What do you want? There is a deafening silence as Joe just stares at Cal, and he's going to do this extremely unnerving thing that he's taught himself how to do. He's going to let his face relax and go rigor. Cal is now just staring at dead eyes and eight feet of death. Ew. And then after a excruciating beat, Joe's going to say, <laughs> Come on, Cal. Just messing with you for old times. Lighten up. I was in the neighborhood. Gentlemen, as you were. Don't worry about it. Anyways, who drinks on a Wednesday? <laughs> Not some sort of wine out. Anyways, fellas, you go back to your drinks. You have a good one. Lieutenant, be seeing you guys. And then I walk out. All right, and out you go. Bump, I know you are you are attached to Joe as his shadowy coat. Do you want to do anything in there? As Joe is starting to turn away from the bar, his coat kind of jukes him in the direction of the lieutenant. I'm getting a read off the lieutenant. I want to see if there's anger, fear, sympathy. Just kind of bumps a people person. So he's trying to read this person. He is. I like that. I like that a lot. So give me a roll. This is also going to be overcome. The lieutenant didn't get to where he is by being easy to read. So this is going to be a three difficulty. So I I feel like this is drama, which is my worst stat, I just realized. But that's fine. That's fine. Bump is going to spend... I'm a boogie piano man player, Angela. Mm-hmm. I deal with people, so I want to hit my high concept. Okay. So I'm going to tag there. Oh, oh, and I'm actually, I have a new stunt. Uh, because I have played for a mall, I can pay a fate point to create a situational aspect with a free invoke related to a person or place of Nitrate City. You can. So basically, I just get to tell you something, and if it fits the character, you accept it. Now, do you want to do that in place of rolling here? Yes, I actually do want to do that. You said this person was called Reagan? Yes, this is Lieutenant Reagan Doyle. Unless it goes against the count, soft spot for the dark. 
I've seen him once or twice mingling with other creatures of the night when I'm playing. So I recognize him himself. So Lieutenant Doyle has a soft spot for the darkness with one free invoke. And Joe, as you start, you know, turning away and walking, it's almost like your it looks like your sleeve gets stuck on the bar and it pulls you back and you hear a whispering from your collar saying, hey, hey, uh, that guy over there, uh, the lieutenant, I've seen him. Uh, he seems kind of chummy with some of our kind. I, I, I Occasionally, I've seen him at the uh, the bars that I play at. Mm. Joe plays it real cool and makes it look like he's going to say something else to the bartender with a wry smile on his face and then just wraps his knuckle on the counter once and under his breath just says, Okay. But enough so it looks like he was thinking something and then just kind of said it to himself. And he's again says to the lieutenant, have a good night, lieutenant. Gentlemen. And he stops and dramatically turns around. I don't know if you knew that there's going to be a uh, civil meeting tomorrow at 6 p.m. outside of City Hall. I hope that as protectors of the peace and the law, we won't have any trouble from anybody wearing a badge. Be a hell of a thing if this town suddenly had to be afraid of its protectors. The lieutenant kind of gives you a nod. We're aware. They got a permit after all. I'm aware too. And I drag my gaze over everybody. We'll be there. Your light's broke and I stomp my foot and above me the light goes and I walk out and I want to create a Advantage? Sure. What are you trying to do? I am trying to scare the living hell out of every cop in there. So if they were driving those motorcycles, they don't feel so great about their prospects right now. All right. So this is going to be a four difficulty. I'd like to roll action again. Is it action or would this be horror? I'll do horror. Horror makes sense. Plus three. So that's a five. So that succeeds. That gives you a success, which gives you one free invoke. If you tagged something to get up to seven, then you would get your two free invokes. I would like to do that, and I would specifically like to use Shake the Tree, See What Falls Out. Got it. So what is the name of the aspect you want to lay down here? Oh, I got one. I got one. Shaken, not stirred. Ah. (laughs) Nice work. And two free invokes there. So you, Joe, take Bump out of the bar. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Back out to the alley where Mickey has been loyally waiting your return. And then we're going to go hang out somewhere shadowy and wait for somebody to get on those bikes. Yeah, Bump is going to just like peel away from your coat and just kind of hover in the darkness, which is near the dumpsters. There's plenty of shadowy places in this alley, and it takes maybe an hour for everybody inside who owns these motorcycles to wrap things up. It's getting very, very late, or some might say early. It's about 2 a.m., so the bar actually is closing at this point. And four people do come out to claim the bikes, and they were the four people who were sitting at the table with the lieutenant. The lieutenant is not among them. Applesauce. All right. The four of them are going to just hop on their bikes unless anybody wants to try to stop them. Yeah, Mickey kind of looks up at Joe and Bump, kind of like waiting, see if he's getting let off his leash, if you will. Bump, real fast, which one of these jokers was the lieutenant most friendly with at the bar? 
Looking towards the four, Angela, do I recognize somebody that the lieutenant was sitting next to? Yes, you do. Feel free to describe who they are. There's a balding man there who has a port belly. Definitely looks like he hasn't run a lap in a long time. Older gentleman, the only hair really on his head is that thick mustache, which has shots of gray through it already. And he's moving towards his bike at a leisurely pace, but also there's a slight sway to his step, so he's definitely been drinking. And my character says, over there, the sugar plump fairy. We're going to tail that guy. And Mickey's going to do exactly that. Wait for them to go. Bump, got an idea. Can you get any of your shadow in that gas tank? That's going to ignite it, but I can get something on it. And definitely Bump is going to like flick one of his shadow things and slap it right against the license plate of the motorcycle. And it just kind of blacks it out. It would be a shame if he ran out of gas before he got home. Ah, now that I can do. I'll give him some time to be driving and then I'll shut off his bike. So I'm not putting my shadow in his gas tank because the way I see it is once he starts it up, that will ignite. Mm -hmm. There'll be some issues with there. But I'm going to put a shadow on him. So he'll probably get a mile in before my character will be able to try to use that shadow to break his bike. Okay. We're going to tail this guy. The four bikers, they all disperse in different directions. But since you are following this guy directly from where he starts and you have both a werewolf tailing him and part of Bump's shadow tendrils attached to the bike, it isn't even going to take a roll to stay on this guy's tail. You're absolutely able to follow him. Bump, would you like to make the roll to disable the bike? Okay, I rolled. I got a zero, which is not great. The difficulty to disable the bike is two. And then I got a three in horror since my my shadow comes alive, kind of slithers throughout the bike's internal systems before just getting caught in the engine and clogging it. So as he's driving, he suddenly just finds his engine starts sputtering until he cruises to a stop. Muttering and cursing as he does. Ah, Jesus, you piece of shit. And he hops off and he kicks the side of his bike. You got to be careful with that sort of thing. Hey, what? Delicate machinery. He turns around. He's got that sway to him, as Bump described earlier. He really shouldn't have been driving, most likely. But it's the 50s. He had what's known as a breakfast amount of whiskey that night. (laughs) Oh, whoa. Just saw that you had some motor trouble there, friend. Wanted to know if I could lend a hand. I got it. Don't need uh, your kind lurking around my machine. Lurking? No, 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 no. Not lurking. Lurking would be the sort of thing that a man would do if he was, for instance, stopping off at a bar before the one that he went to. Stopping off with three other friends on their nice, delicate motorcycles. I don't know what you're talking about. No, 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 no. I don't think you would. I don't think you would. I mean, imagine what it would mean if an officer of the law of the Night Squad was pinned as being one of four people on a motorcycle. Again, a lot like yours. That attacked... A monster bar. Sorry, a flicker joint. I don't know, is the people in the squad still calling those flicker joints? It's cute. See, problem is, I used to own a flicker joint. And then this other flicker joint gets attacked. And I start thinking, and I'm going to walk up real close at this point now. I start wondering if what happened to Dracula's place 
is connected to with what happened to mine. You wouldn't know anything about that, would you, officer? Think you need to try to intimidate this guy again. I would love to, and I'm going to do it by sitting on his bike and popping all the tires as I do. Just, they just all pop. Specifically, if uh, Dan or Billy want to jump in on this, this is not a Joe scene. Yeah, right around the time that Joe's getting close, Mickey would be circling around and, you know, he's still in his full wolf form, just making sure he's in sight and just, you know, growling. As soon as Joe sits down on the bike and the tires pop, a shadow tendril is going to pop out of the bike's engine and squirm between the man's feet and snake back into Bump, who is now appearing under a streetlight. Ah, jeez. And Bump takes a drag of his cigarette, but he's just leaning there. And Angela, I'm going to try to create an advantage for Joe so he could use me for intimidation rolls. Is that, that that's possible, right? That sounds great. Well, that's great. I got a plus three on my uh, uh, thing. And since I'm using drama, it's just a three. Okay. So we'll say that this was uh, a one difficulty. So that's going to give you one free invoke on what aspect? Friends in dark places, Joe. Mickey, do you want to create a specific aspect? Otherwise, just you being there will count as an assist, will count as a plus one for Joe automatically. I'll just let it count as an assist, yeah. All right. Okay. Joe, I mean, it was difficult to intimidate the bartender, but this is a cop who has seen some of the worst of humanity and worst of the Flickr community, to be honest. So it's actually going to be a six to intimidate this guy into trying to get him to spill anything about his activities. Sounds good. I want this to be action, but I understand if you say horror. I feel like since you're you're relying on a, a werewolf to assist you, it does feel a little more horror. Okay. You know, this guy is alone on a dark street with at least three monsters lurking around him. So I got a negative one, so it gives me horror at one. And yeah, so I got a total of one, and now I got to start tagging stuff. That's And that's counting the plus one from my assist? Oh, no, so plus two. All right, so you need to make up at minimum four points would give you a tie, which allows you to succeed at a minor cost. You could definitely tag my aspect I created for you, my advantage. Yep. I would like to tag friends in dark places. So that brings you up to four. And shaken, not stirred. That brings you right up to six. All right. And I'm going to tag the second shaken, not stirred. Because the entire point was to scare the living hell out of one of these guys and corner them. Yep, absolutely. So that brings you up to eight total, which will definitely give you a success. So you were sitting on his bike and yeah, the tires start to pop. The metal groans a little bit as the suspension and the frame of it is also getting a bit bent out of shape. And he just says, hey, 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 come on, man. Man, and I stand up. Man, I'm talking about monsters. Monsters being attacked. Monsters being scared to go out at night. Monsters like dirty cops. Tell me what happened to Drax Bar. Or, and I just casually lift up the bike. Hey, 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 come on. Co- Drax Bar was just, just to scare him a little bit. We didn't mean any harm. Why Drax? Why not? The other major place in this town just got burned down two weeks ago. There was no one else to target. Why not? And I just tossed the bike across the street. Why not? I'm why not. He's why not. He's why not. 
you're telling me the four of you just decided to go scare citizens. Hey, sir, I guess there's there's bigger players in this town than you or me. There's bigger players than the night squad. There's bigger players than the mayor. They got real deep pockets, man. I'm just trying to keep food on the table. You know that that uh, an officer's salary don't pay much. Hmm. No, I know that. So who paid you? I don't know. I got the word from the LT. The lieutenant knew. Lieutenant said that if we, we, we do this, make it look like it was one of those weird-ass holy rollers, you know, the guys that have thrown in with a flicker guy, even though they're human, claiming that he's on some sort of mission from God, said that if we made it look like they were in on this, you know, there'd be a, a nice bonus at the end of the month. Be able to buy something nice for the wife. Hmm. Well, and the camera's over the smoking wreck of his bike, and it's uh, perfectly framing the two guys. Yeah, she might have to wait on that. Listen, if I see you in that neighborhood again, that tin badge isn't going to stop the nightmares that will occupy your life. And near a spot near the streetlight, Bump says... He ain't being figurative with his way of speaking. Yeah, yeah, I get it. I got it. Jesus, you people. You people? <sighs> oh, you people. I won't go back there. Jeez, there's nothing left there anyway. Whatever. I'm, I, I'm, I, I, you won't see me ever again. You happy? Hmm. Except, and he leans forward right in his face. I'm looking at you right now. Scram. He runs as fast as his drunken girth can take him. Bump just watches and frowns a little bit and says, I think he got off easy. Yeah, but they didn't burn the bar down. They just tried to scare him. Oh, just tried to scare him. Okay, that's fine. I mean, as a boogeyman, I understand how fun it is to scare the less fortunate. Oh, wait, no. We're a lot of things, Bump, but we're not killing cops. Not tonight. Ugh. Yeah, you're right. The last thing we need is a dead cop. <sighs> All right. Well, it seems like we figured out that little mystery, but what do we do with it? We got no proof. We just got the scared ramblings of a cop who is currently puking on some petunias near that street over there. I go check the bike, Andrew. So you go to the smoking remains of the bike. It did not actually ignite. It's not like a, a flaming wreck. But, you know, the engine is definitely smoking. Some coolant is hissing out of it. What are you looking for? I'm looking for something that somebody would keep on their bike, like wrapped up rosaries or a badge or, you know, like a little bumper sticker that says like, my other bike is the law. Some identifying mark. And I will pay for that if you want. No need to pay for it because it's actually suspicious that there's no identifying marks on this. He doesn't have any of those personal effects, as you mentioned, and it just looks like, you know, if you if you didn't know better, it looks like this might have come out of evidence, and they tried to scrub it down. Oh, it's too clean. Exactly. You know, Joe, this is an opportunity to do a little bit of flexing. We can't prove that it was the cops, but we can prove to the cops that we know, and we can also prove to Big Pete that we ain't going to roll over. He has connections with the cops, so how about we take this bike, drop it off where we know Drac is drinking currently, and explain the situation to him that we found who was responsible and took care of it. 
That sounds like a good idea. And you know what? The waning gibbous, last I checked, had a big enough door to carry this thing through. Especially if it's made to Petey's size. I like it. Let's do it. Mickey? Mickey's still a wolf. He's growling. Cool. So a wolf, a shadow man, and Frankenstein walk into a bar. Yep. (laughs) Yes, that's absolutely what happens. You are approaching the waning gibbous. Did he make it all stupid and bullshitty, like neon lights and stuff, like tacky, super tacky? Yes, super tacky. Uh. Super, super tacky. Absolutely. There's neon everywhere. It's like a a flickering, like an animated, you know, the the way the neon is animated. Uh, There's a, a moon that has a... Mickey, very offensive caricature of a wolf howling at it. I would like to rage. (laughs) (laughs) Are there three wolves howling? Oh my god. That's awful. All right, that's awful. And it's also entirely possible it's actually a very nice establishment. It's just that's what our characters see is super tacky. But actually, it's like crown molding. <laughs> I mean, obviously, like aside, the tackiness aside, obviously no expense was spared. And not just in the renovation of it, but also, I mean, I just mentioned that a little while ago, it was 2 a.m. The bars were closing. The party's still going at the waning gibbous. You know that Big Pete has deep pockets, and obviously the Night Squad isn't above being paid off. So the fact that the drinking and merriment is still going strong indicates that Big Pete isn't worried about being shut down for one reason or another. He's about to have a parking violation. I walk in. (laughs) And while at the cop bar, everything stopped when you walked in. Here, it's barely a blip on the radar. Inside, it's very much like a cabaret bar. So there's small tables everywhere. There's a couple of very plush booths where the big spenders are sitting there. There's bottle service. Damn Fred the Seder is definitely behind the bar. So the drinks are shit. The drinks might be shit, but everybody is entertained, not by the stage. While there is a stage, it's still there. Bump. I'm sure you miss it terribly. Nobody's performing at the moment. Everybody is kind of just drinking and talking amongst themselves. And in the middle of it all, being very boisterous and talking to everybody, going up to every table, are you having a good time? Let me know if there's any problems, is Big Pete himself. And he's so busy with this glad-handing and chit-chatting that even though you are, I presume, carrying the motorcycle in? What's left of it? He doesn't look up. Oh my god. They're using a jukebox. They're using a jukebox. I'm gonna be sick. I'm gonna be sick. Ooh, olives. I'll go throw up in the same garden that that guy was. Look, we need to find Drac. So yeah, where's Drac? Is he there? Yes, Drac is there. And you know what? Big Pete gave him one of those VIP booths. With one of those big tables? Yes. It's a larger table. It's got the the round plush velvet booth padding. And Drac is sitting there. He's kind of got his arms up has a couple of other people who are sitting at the table with them, and he is regaling them with stories as you approach. Blah, and so then, when the Martians arrived, there was nothing for me to do except protect the young ladies who had taken into my castle, of course. Oh, this old yarn. Uh, uh, Joe, Mr. Mr. Lister, what are you doing here with that machine held over your head? Oh, this machine. I start to motion, and then I look at everybody's drinks and kind of make a head shake, like, get those off the table. Everybody says. And then I put it down. 
And the table actually collapses under the weight of the motorcycle. And that gets Big Pete's attention. Whoops. Gentlemen. Yeah, one second, Pete. Drek, this is one of the bikes that hit you tonight. What in the earth did you do to it? Did you did you capture the men who were responsible? I can't. They were hiding behind a shield. Law. A tin one. It goes a long way in this town. It does indeed. Turns out that somebody really doesn't like you, and they are on the other side of the law. I don't understand. I am a likable guy. Well, what can I say? Cops are from Mars. Monsters are from Venus. And we already know that you have difficulties with those Martians. I do indeed. That was quite terrifying dealing with them. And as he's about to go into another story that all of you have heard before, Big Pete comes up behind him. Gentlemen, I couldn't help but overhear how how disturbing of a report. Really, the good men of the Nitrate City Police Department put out the hit on Real to Real? Shocking. Oh, I didn't say they put out the hit, Pete. I said they did it. Now the hit, the person who put it into motion, turns out it wasn't the rank and file. Now, I don't know who that could be, but it's a real shame. Most of us thought we could uh, at least a little bit rely on Lieutenant Doyle. But you know men change. Sometimes they get their eye on the prize, they want to reach for the brass ring, and they just kind of let their morals slip. It's a shame. It is. It's a shame. I really hope he doesn't, you know, wind up losing his job like you did. It'd be a damn shame. Uh, what, where did he work? Oh, that's right. Weren't you a cop at one point, Pete? Pete chuckles. I've had a lot of jobs over the years, gentlemen. But you know... And he steps back, and he's obviously speaking a little louder so that everybody in the bar is going to be able to hear him. These fine gentlemen here bring up a good point about not being able to to trust certain elements of the Nitrate City upper brass, right? It's why I was very interested in hearing what our, our friends at the, the Church of the Frankenchrist were saying, talking about this, this rally to, to take back the fright, to start up their, their social service and community protection organization. There's a rally tomorrow night, everyone. Or he looks at his watch. Well, <laughs> tonight, really. And I hope all of you have a chance to, to rest up, to let all this alcohol run out of your system, and go to that rally. And then come back here afterwards. We're going to have some celebrating to do. And I think that might be where we want to wrap up for tonight. Do we want to do some closing scenes? Yeah, absolutely. Some closing scenes that happen, just don't place them at the rally. This is Joe. The camera pans down to a phone booth on the street, illuminated by one lonely streetlight high above that flickers and hums. And Joe is standing in front of the phone, squeezed in in almost a cartoonish manner, like he's being made a cube. And he's just looking at the phone, and he's clearly kind of building up his his courage for something, and he's just talking to himself. And then he drops a couple of dimes into the coin slot, picks up the uh, phone and just hits zero and says, Hi, yeah. I need you to connect me to the Potter's Field Detective Agency. And that's it. Cuts. Bump 
heads out. It's around three o'clock when he finally gets back to that Victoria mansion of the Church of the Franken Christ. And he reaches for the key, tries to open the door, only to find that it's not working. And then he looks down and finds his stuff in a bag right next to the door with a note that's been pinned to it that says, the Franken Christ helps those who help themselves. Thank you for your stay. Fire bad, faith good. And Bump grumbles a little bit and says, now where am I going to go? And it, then it goes to Mickey, who is laying in his bed. And, you know, Mickey's mom opens the door and she says, uh, Oh, Mickey, good night. Sleep tight. Don't let the bed bugs bite. Yeah, good night, mom. And she closes the door. And then after a few seconds, as Mickey closes his eyes and prepares to sleep, he hears from under his bed. So, does she make waffles in the morning or pancakes? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, thank you again for playing Nitrate City. Thank you to our listeners for listening. What question do we want to leave our listeners with? What's the most popular drink at the heretical waning gibbous? So, yes. What is the most popular drink at the heretical false lying gibbous? Keeping in mind what, what Fred's strengths are, which is watering down terrible drinks. And ruthlessly and shamelessly hitting on anyone who is at the bar. So with that, thanks again for listening, everyone, and good night. Hey, this is Angela from the Fandible Podcast Network. Thanks so much for listening to this episode. If you want to hear more, remember to go to Fandible.com. We have a long backlog of games, and at Fandible, we believe there is a game for every voice, so we know that you'll find something else enjoyable there. If you want even more of us, you can follow us on social media. We're on Twitter and Facebook as Fandible. And if you really want to support us, check us out on Patreon. We use the funds from there to buy new games, keep our equipment up to date, and go to cons, and you get great bonus material like early access to games or access to our private Discord where you can hang out with other fandable fans. Either way, thanks so much for listening to this episode, and we'll see you again next week.